this is your first time here, a big welcome for you, but we're doing an encounter service today, and uh, so we're just going to uh, allow God to move, and I've got a message called Find Your Flow. Before we go into that, I want us to, uh, I just feel the Holy Spirit wants to move and encourage a couple of people here today, uh, so let's, let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your timing. We thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. We thank you, Lord, for your heart. Lord, today pour out in a great measure. Holy Spirit, fill this house, fill this place with your anointing. Fill this place with your tangible presence, God. I thank you, Lord, that we would encounter you a fresh way. Lord, where people are tired and weary, Lord, pour in. I thank you, Lord, that ears would be open and revelation, Lord, Lord, would come into people's lives. Lord, that you would speak to us, you would guide us, you would direct us today. Lord, we ask for the river of the Holy Spirit to flow in this place. Lord, let people be impacted by your moving Holy Spirit, by your heart, by your kindness and gentleness, by your healing, by your love, God. Lord, let multiple streams flow today. Allow us to access you freely, God. I thank you, Lord, that there's no restriction and there's low limitation today in this atmosphere. Lord, that we can freely enter in to the life-giving river of God. Lord, let those multiple streams meet multiple needs. Lord, let those streams bring a refreshing to physical needs, healing, Lord, emotional needs, spiritual needs. Lord, even needs where people are lacking encouragement or clarity or vision. Maybe they've been hindered by whatever it is. Lord, we pray for those streams to refresh, to renew, and to recharge, to refuel, to resuscitate, to recuperate. In Jesus' name, have your way, God. And everyone said, amen. Well, you know, God loves people. You know, people matter to God. Who knows that? People really matter to God. And um, what I love about God is he's so powerful, but such a gentleman. And sometimes he waits for us to invite him so that he can interact with us. Uh, You know, he doesn't force us because that means if we were forced against our own free will to interact with God and to desire God and to want God, what would that mean? What would it mean if we were forced? It would mean that we weren't able to express our love because when you're forced to do something, you can't really love, you can't choose. Everyone say choose. And so what I love about God is when we invite Him and we usually invite Him into our life because we have a desire You think about when you invite someone into your home. It's not usually because you don't really want to hang out with them. It's because you do, right? There's a desire there to hang out, to connect, to communicate, 
to share your life with that person. And so God's the same. Sometimes he will ask or wait and to see, you know, are you desiring for him to come and connect with you and to spend time with you? So today I want you to just right now take a moment to invite God to move in your life. Because sometimes we can sit in church, but we aren't actually inviting God to move. We can sit, we can be a bit resistant, closed, distracted. Don't underestimate how powerful it is for every heart and every mind right now to invite God to move. So just take a moment. Just take a moment for you. See, I can invite Holy Spirit to move, but actually, Holy Spirit can't move in your life unless you invite Him. It doesn't matter how powerful the preacher speaks or how powerful the anointing in the house is. If there's an individual sitting under that anointing that still sits there and isn't individually inviting God to move in their life, then God can be moving all around you but not actually impact you because you haven't invited him to move. He's a gentleman, church. He won't force himself upon you. Father, right now, we're just taking a moment in our heart and our mind to invite you, God, to move. Thank you, Lord. Lalani, beautiful woman of God, just had a birthday, didn't you? Let's put our hands towards Lalani. I'm hearing the Spirit of God say to you, daughter, that this is a brand new chapter for you. And he wants you to look ahead. But I also hear that not only are you going to look ahead but you're going to look ahead, but also kind of to the side. Because I'm hearing God say that he's going to start to bring new people beside you that are going to encourage you, that are going to cheer you on. And I hear God saying that there's been some times in the past where people haven't necessarily cheered you on. You've had some great support from other people, but there's been certain people that sometimes you expected them to cheer you on, uh, but they didn't. In fact, they did the opposite. And I hear God saying that from today, any kind of loose ends in, in your mind and your heart where you were disappointed, I hear God saying that he's breaking off that disappointment and that kind of, kind of being let down from people that you trusted. And I'm hearing God say that he's hitting the reset button in your heart so that you can start to run forward. I'm hearing God say that even though you had a hesitation in your heart about the celebration of your birthday because it meant you were getting older, I'm hearing God say with that older age is coming more wisdom and is coming through that wisdom, greater opportunity that you've ever seen before. So I hear God say, get ready because he's going to open some doors of opportunity before you. And so daughter, now it's, start, it's time to start running. And I hear God saying that as you press into him and as you start to speak out things in your world, you're going to start to see those doors open quickly. So Father, we activate that word in our heart, Lord, Lord, to run forward in Jesus' mighty name. Samantha or Sam, right? Who's met Holly's mum, Samantha? 
You know, I feel God wants to really encourage you today. Um, I saw, um, I think I saw you pulling into the car park today. And as you pulled into the car park, I saw kind of, uh, you know, like a, a sense of a speediness and urgency about you. But I also saw that there was a kind of just, just the way you kind of came in, it kind of spoke to me that there's, there's passion in you and there's, there's drive in you and there's a, a sense of energy about you. But I see God wants you to know that in this season, he's not only going to keep working with you and who you are, but he's going to also, I hear God saying he's going to steady the boat. And I hear God say that, that it feels like in this previous season that you've been in the boat. And even though you've been someone who's always passionate about moving forward and always wanting to hear fresh from God, that the water has been feeling like it's, it's, it's been rocky and it's kind of uh, winds have been coming and it hasn't necessarily feel, I can't see that there's been, like there's been storms, but you've always lent on, on God. And I hear God say that there's always been that anchor that's been able to make sure that you never feel like you're going to capsize. But I'm hearing God say he wants to encourage you because he says, well done, good, faithful servant. Because through this rocking, there's been a testing. And God says that you have shown, even though the water around you has been rocky and, and, and unstable, by relying on me, you've showed a new level of stability. And God says, because of that, I'm going to promote you. And God says that I'm now going to take you into new waters. I'm going to take you into new territory. And even though it's going to be greater territory, so it's going to create more opportunity for you, I hear God saying that he's giving a greater authority for that boat to be steady. And even though there'll be storms and there'll be things that may not work perfectly, God says you're going to be confident as you move forward into this new season. But I see this new kind of water that you're going to go into. It's not always water. It's actually going to um, take you to a new place of land, says God. Obviously, this is an analogy. I don't think you're necessarily going to about to go on a cruise, but you might. It might be in the mix, right? But this season is about taking you into a stiller water, a greater water that's going to actually get you to land on land. And I see that this land is a new place of uh, a brand new season. And I see God saying that all things are going to work out for good because you love him. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for Samantha. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that she's a woman of vision. And, Lord, she's a woman of energy and passion. I thank you, Lord, that also you've gifted her to be a woman of strategy and you've given her a woman, uh, gifted her to be a woman of foresight. And Father, I pray, Lord, that that prophetic anointing upon her life would go to a new level. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that today in a fresh way, even though she has spoken to you about it, Lord, in a fresh way, Lord, under this corporate anointing, Father, we break off any disappointment. We break off any sense of failure. We break off any sense of, of being fractured spiritually, being hurt, Father. Lord, any sense of pain that's been lingering, any sense of emotional heaviness that's been trying to hold her back. Lord, we pray right now that by your anointing, God, by your hand, Father, you would break those things off and you're setting her free today. God's saying, start to run forward. It's a new season for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is it Joseph? Is your name Joseph? Solomon? My apologies. Your friends, Joseph? Is it Joseph that you bring as well? Are you a friend of Nate? Do you know Nate who goes to Griffith Uni? You do? Okay, cool. Do you study at Griffith? What are you studying? I'm studying uh, human services and social work. Okay, great. Awesome. And how long have you been in Australia for? Um, one month now. One month? Okay. And you just live across the road, right? Yeah. Cool. Yes. And so you're Solomon and you live with your flatmate called Joseph? 
Oh, sorry, James. Can everyone pray for me? I need help when I'm remembering names. I'm sorry. How could I forget the name Solomon? What a cool name. Who thinks that's a great name? Um, if you haven't met Solomon before, he lives across the road. How cool is that? <laughs> so how long does it take you to get to church, brother? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Two, three minutes. All right. So you're never late, right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, you know, as I just turned there, as I finished praying for Samantha, and if you're here for the first time, what we're doing right now is we're allowing the Holy Spirit to move, and the Bible teaches that there's a, a thing called prophecy or bringing a prophetic word, a word of encouragement. And so it's really the Holy Spirit just operating and, and giving me a sense of, for someone, uh, what's kind of before them and what God's wanting to do. And it always comes with a spirit of encouragement and love. Uh, that's what the New Testament teaches. When you bring a prophetic word, it's about encouraging and lifting someone up and strengthening them. And the Bible teaches that there's two ways that we can get revelation from the word of God. We can get revelation from the Logos way, which is literally reading the word of God and it's speaking to our lives. And also we can get revelation uh, from the Rema word, which is actually Holy Spirit illuminating things. So as I pray for people, sometimes I can see things. Sometimes God has given me a sense of scripture uh, about people. So let's put our hands towards this mighty man Solomon. And as I turned, Solomon, I just saw there was an amazing anointing upon you. And I actually got the word wealth. Interesting, because your name from King Solomon. <laughs> How could I forget his name was Solomon? But I saw that the word wealth was, mul- it was, it was multifaceted. So it didn't necessarily just mean provision financially, although I think it does mean that. But I saw that wealth in, in that um, access to resource... And access to wisdom. Again, your name Solomon makes sense. But I hear God saying that in this season, uh, that there is a new deposit and there is a new well that God is wanting you to, to dig in the Holy Spirit and in the Word. And as you dig and as you press into, I see that this well represents you pressing into God. You actually um, pursuing God and asking God to help you to grow in Him. And I see as you do this that there's going to be uh, an understanding about your future and there's going to be a release of uh, of revelation and vision about what's up ahead and I hear God say this that he's also not going to give you just the vision but he's also going to give you and unlock the strategy and the strategy is linked to tactically about what resources you're going to need for this vision to come to pass now I don't know what your dreams are that's between you and God but I hear God wants to encourage you to say this is a time as you press into him it's not just because you want to hang out with him but God actually has something new to release into you and he wants to actually deposit something within you that's going to change you and transform you to grow your capacity it's going to grow your vision it's going to grow your mindset it's going to grow your heart and God says that with that vision it's going to be so clear he wants you to write it down and he's going to start to give you the strategy and God's going to also start to do a work in you where there are people around at university that that you're kind of connecting with and God says they're hurting Um, and I see that the word wealth is about that there's not only God wants to bring some new things to you, but God says there's already great wealth inside of you. And God says, I've deposited my word. I've deposited my spirit within you. And God says, you have an answer. You yourself are a great resource to broken people at Griffith University. And God says that I'm going to give you today a new boldness and a new courage to touch their life and to speak to them. And God says, I'm also going to give you the wisdom sometimes to meet their need before talking to them about me. 
So, Father, I thank you. Let's put our hands towards Solomon. Father, we activate, Lord, this word upon his life. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the future before him. Lord, that you're going to stretch his capacity, his vision, Father, and release strategy around what resources, Father, and what wealth, Lord, he's going to need, Father, to walk out that vision. But God, also, Lord, this word is about activating the wealth that is already within him, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that, Lord, he would find his flow in you. That, Lord, the wealth within him would start to flow out of his heart and out of his mouth in a new way, in a bold way, in a brave way, God, as he's impacting people around him at university and within this community and even within this street in Jesus' mighty name. I just hear God say this. I have strategically positioned you across the street. And in this season to come to this house for a reason. And God says, on this house, there is an anointing for all different flavors and communities of people. God says, I'm calling you, son, to influence people. And I hear God say this, like in the nursery rhyme, God says, I'm going to put anointing on you like the Pied Piper. And even though the Pied Piper didn't have a right heart, God says, you're going to have a right heart. And as you, as you um, walk with that anointing, God says, people are going to follow you and you're going to lead people into the kingdom of God. And hear God say that Griffith University and your house position and this spiritual house across the road is all strategic for such a time as this. Lord, release him into this new season in Jesus' name. Let his name Solomon be representative from the Solomon, the King Solomon, the wisest man on earth, the Bible declared. Let that wisdom activate in his life because the Bible says it takes wisdom to win souls in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's just give God a clap offering here. My brother Jason, those of you who don't know Jason Van Herp, he's a pastor in our church. You can take a break, mate. He is a faithful man of God. He's such a great guy. And uh, he told me the other, we had a service a couple of weeks ago called uh, Oil and Fire. And uh, I kind of, we were just, you know, just seeing what God was doing in that service. And so I pretty much had Jason up the whole service playing. (laughs) You know, and he's just up there with a great smile on his face, a great attitude. He told me later in that week, his, his poor fingers were like so sore, like he's like pretty full on, weren't they? From the playing the guitar, so um, the sacrifices that people make that we don't know about, just up there going. <laughs> I love you, Lord. I love you moving, and I kept playing. Good on him. Well, um, this morning uh, I want to bring a teaching called "Find Your Flow," and we're also gonna, you know, just see what God does as I bring this message. Who can feel the presence of God here today? Yeah. I want, I want to encourage you in this word today when we talk about find your flow, uh, that there is a flow. There is a, there is a flow of, of God that we can access. And uh, the flow is the power of God. Uh, it's the presence of God. It's the strength of God. It's the freedom of God. Uh, it's the victory of God. It's all in, in what we call the river of God. And uh, we're going to look at how the word today is going to encourage us that through uh, different analogies of water in the word of God, 
that you know it even says the word of God washes over us like water and the Holy Spirit has a cleansing uh, capability Holy Spirit has the ability to clean, cleanse our life to wash over our life uh, to refresh our life he is living water and so today I believe God wants to encourage us in a new way in a fresh way to again find our flow with Holy Spirit to partner with him and you know God talks a lot about water Everyone say water. Talks a lot about water in his word, right from Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to the very last book in the Bible called Revelation. And he compares himself uh, to it. He uses water as a way to give us an understanding about who he is and how he works and his agenda. Um, Also, we know that not only does he compare himself to it, but he also walks on it, right? The, the, The famous miracle of Jesus walking on water. And we know that the Bible also teaches that a river actually flows from his throne. Did you know that? When it talks about the actual uh, uh, place in heaven that where God, uh, Father, sits and Jesus at his right hand, that there is a river that flows from the throne. And so there is something special and obviously calming and refreshing and memorizing uh, about water. And so he compares the life in him. God compares the life in him as a well, a fountain, a stream, a river, rain. He uses all these analogies. In Psalm 23, 2, water is a picture of rest. And not only is it giving us a picture of rest, but it's saying that God actually wants to give us this rest. And so he uses water as an analogy to invite us in into the flow of God, to invite us in to the water of God that will give us rest. In Psalm 46, 4, it says, the river of delights and makes us glad. And again, talks about that the river of God helps to uh, fill us with joy and helps to give us what we call gladness. Ephesians 5, 26, uh, the word of God compares the word itself to water. And that the word has a spiritual impact on us like water does to us physically. Cleanses us, refreshes us, renews us, quenches our thirst. And so, you know, we like to, even if you think about the different moves of God, the different revivals, um, you know, some of them being called the Great Awakening, uh, the Welsh Revival, the Azusa Revival, the Layman Prayer Revival, the Brownsville Revival, the Toronto Outpouring. But a lot of times when we think of the word revival, or we think of the word outpouring, they all link back to water. And the current move of the Holy Spirit right now on the earth today um, is actually being called the river. Has anyone heard that? Uh, so where the Holy Spirit is really moving in an extended way, where people are meeting together in the name of Jesus, and God's moving, and God's kind of meeting with them, and, and kind of meeting with them, and, and, and kind of reviving communities. Um, they're kind of calling it the river because <clears throat> there is, you know, a refreshing that God wants to do. And so we know that life itself cannot exist without water. Who knows that? Um, what percentage of our bodies do you think are act- is actually water? Who wants to have a guess? What percent? 10%, 80 in between. Oh, quickly Google it. 65%, give or take, of our actual body is water. And so we want to look at this truth that God is interested in refreshing us uh, through spiritual water. 
And so today we want to find our flow and reconnect to that and, and be revived in ways that we need to be. Um, the river of God in Scripture represents two main things. It represents the actual life of God. And what we mean by the life of God as the, uh, as the, 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 the energy, the power of God. And the other word, which I just said then, so it's kind of encompassing, excuse me, that the water represents the power of God. And so again, when we have this great resource, when you look at water as a resource, that God wants to invite us in to the river because he wants to uh, help us to be impacted by his life and, uh, and his power. Who here is hungry to be impacted by God in terms of his actual life, the life force of God and his power? Who wants to be impacted, right? And you can be impacted uh, when you position yourself in the river of God. And again, I think that's why I wanted to start quite deliberately today with sometimes I think as Christians, we can have moments of wondering, why do I not feel alive on the inside? Why am I feeling drained and tired? And, and why, why am I not just kind of feeling alive? You know, I've, I've given my life to God, to Jesus. And I think we've got to understand that as we walk in this life with spirit versus flesh, there are times when we actually need to go to God and we need to uh, access the river of God so that we get replenished and we get refreshed. And so I think sometimes it's important for us in a, in a fresh way to say, hey, you know, when I'm feeling tired, when I'm feeling weary, when I'm feeling angry, when I'm feeling annoyed, when I'm not feeling like full of the life of God, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just really um, a warning sign to say, hey, you know what, we probably need to go and spend some time in the river. All right, we probably need to get a fresh uh, washing of the river of God. Uh, and again, remember, the river isn't necessarily just the presence of God or Holy Spirit himself, but the river of God is also the word of God because the word of God is water to us. Okay, um, But I think sometimes we can get a little bit hung up if we don't feel like a superstar Christian. Oh, I don't feel fully alive today. I don't feel amazing today. I don't feel... Everyone say feel. And so we get led by our feelings. And because we don't feel like an on fire for God Christian, we can then use that state as a way to shame us or to make us feel like we're not good enough. And then that further gets us to retreat away from what? The very river that we need to kind of hang out in. Does that make sense? And so when you feel low in energy or tired or weary or your thought life is not aligned to the word of God, I think it's important to know that that in itself is not the label that God's putting on you. That's not in itself. That's just a warning sign that God's saying, hey, it's time for you to spend time in the river. So what are you doing with the warning signs? I'm going to make it more specific. What's your relationship like? How do you relate? How do you respond or react to the warning signs? Do you allow those warning signs when you're feeling low to encourage you to go and spend time with God? Or do you allow those warning signs to further cement a label upon you that you're actually just really empty of God and you need to kind of just go over in the corner and feel sorry for yourself? Come on now. Right? Because remember, if we go back to the identity of God being a gentleman, right? And he's got the river over here, right? And he's got streams of living water 
to refresh you and to replenish you and to refuel you. And you're over here and you're really parched. You're really dry. You're really, really in a drought. Okay? And you're thinking, oh, I should be wet. I should be dripping with the Holy Spirit. But I'm a dry Christian in a drought. Right? And then the funny thing is, is that God is waiting and there's a river over there. But he can't, who knows that he can't actually come over to you, right? And put you like in a, in a little metal box with a, a tugboat and tug you over and pull you into the river. Because then he would be forcing you to hang out with him in the river, wouldn't he? And therefore, you wouldn't be doing it on your free will. You'd be doing it because God forced you to. And if God forced you to hang out with him, what does that mean? It's no choice, which means what? Yeah, because there's no choice, you didn't ever even need to have a hunger or a desire for God. You were just forced, right? So one of the biggest keys is this. When you're feeling dry, does dryness actually create a desire for you to spend time in the river? Or does dryness cover you with shame to feel like you're not worthy to go and spend time in the river? See, the key that unlocks breakthrough is desire. Let's look at the woman who had the issue of blood in the New Testament. She had an issue with blood. Now, that condition meant that she was not supposed to go anywhere near the temple. Do you know that? In the Jewish culture, because of her condition, she was seen as an outcast and she was not allowed to go into the temple, into what in those times was considered the place where the presence of God was. I mean, think about it. The very thing that she wanted to go into, which was that place where she could be healed and touched by God, she wasn't allowed to go. So when Jesus, the Messiah, started to get outside of the temple and walk around among the people, she had this issue and in her culture, she was told you are so dry and broken physically with your condition that you should feel shame that you don't, are not worthy to even reach out and go to the temple. And she knew that there was something on Jesus. And so the culture of the time would have said to her, do not even dare reach out to that man and even touch him. You are not worthy. But do you know that Jesus did not go up to her? He would have seen her condition, and we know that he moved with compassion, but he didn't go up to her. What happened? She reached out and she touched him. It was the desire, it was the desperation to see her condition change from brokenness and a drought of physical hindrance to becoming set free. It was her desperation, it was her desire, it was her hunger to go from being dry and bound to becoming set free and being set free by the anointing in the river that Jesus had, the power of God in his actual body. And so by her reaching it and touching, that meant that that desire activated faith, with, which then actually invited the power of God into her body. It invited the living power, the living flow, the living water of Jesus to actually come into her physical body and to heal her issue with blood, and she was made whole. As I'm just speaking right now, I'm hearing this. God's saying, for those of you here today who are dry, 
come and jump in the river. Reach out. Be hungry. Because I've got something for you. To renew you. To refresh you. God says, like that woman, reach out. Don't allow your condition to shame you to think that you're not worthy to reach out to God. Father, right now in this place, help every person in this place, Lord, to be okay when they're feeling desperate. Lord, to be okay when they're feeling those warning signs, when they're feeling tired when they're not feeling like the perfect Christian, when they're not feeling like they're on fire for you, when they're not really feeling like they're full of the Spirit of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the Word of God. In fact, help people that are feeling dry, that are feeling weak, that are feeling tired. Help them to know that that feeling that they're feeling shouldn't shame them and stop them, but Lord, it should be the very thing that should stir desperation in them to reach out to you. Holy Spirit, help people to invite you into the situation. Everyone open your eyes. Think about this. When we talk about find your flow, that woman had to actually reach out. She had to reach out to Jesus, which meant she had to open her heart. She had to open her life up so that the power of God could then flow into her so that her condition could change from dry to healed, from broken to healed, a blood issue to being made whole. And then she could then be in a place where now that same condition, that whole condition, the river of living water that now was within her can now flow out of her to touch her community and her family. She went from that place of brokenness and then got touched by a miracle because she reached out and became a woman who then could start to impact her family. You think about the, the difference of impact that she could have on her family and her community when she left Jesus and she went back home and she said, Hallelujah! I've been set free and been made whole. Her, her level of capacity, her level of strength, her level of tenacity, her level of, of ability, her, her, her energy, her sense of vitality, her sense of, of identity, her sense of being able to be a blessing to a family, to nurture her children, to love her husband, to serve her community. She would have had a greater capacity to impact and the living water and the healing power of God could have flowed out of her. The testimony that Jesus did for her could have flowed out of her and she would have impacted many lives. And so we've got to understand that the kingdom of God, finding your flow, is that sometimes you will stand there isolated and dry, just waiting for God to pour in. God, you know, pour in, pour in. But sometimes God's saying you need to open up and reach out with your desperation. Open up and reach out like that woman with a issue of blood. Reach out. Reach out to me because I can't force myself. Get, let your desperation activate your faith. Reach out with hunger so then I can flow. So it's actually, you're actually reaching out. It allows the flow of God to come in. Then God actually does a work on the inside of you and then something like the living water of God can flow out and you can be the impact that you know you're destined to be. 
We know that the river of God in Scripture represents his life and power. And so I remember when uh, little Zara was born and uh, we were in the hospital and, you know, she was only like a day old. Maybe she was younger than a day old, maybe hours old. And I remember her first bath. Do you remember her first bath? And the little hospital room sink and the little thingy that holds her up. And, and actually it was Nana, her Nana that gave her her first bath, wasn't it? It was Julie. Gave her her first bath and... Um, her mummy, Sarah, and daddy, me, got to watch as Nana was doing her first bath. And it was cool because, you know, if you know Julie, she's uh, all-knowing and wise about parenting. And so she was kind of, you know, giving us a mini, mini seminar on how to wash the baby because we were brand-new parents. And, and so we just... It was cool because she could do what she was doing because she'd experienced and we were kind of learning it. And, but also we were able to really pay attention to Zara's reaction to the water. The first time that Zara was actually experiencing water... And uh, so, and as the water splashed on her, and her just, right, her little face lit up, and and that, what was that water doing? Well, it was kind of, it was obviously, you know, cleaning her body, and because she just transitioned from one season to another season, she just come from the womb into the world, so there was residue from that breakthrough uh, that had to be cleansed off, and even obviously, you know, the. Um, the nurses clean the baby when it first comes, but, you know, their first bath is important to get that hygiene happening. And, but also there was a, a sense of wonder, wasn't there, uh, in little Zara. She was like, oh, there's water. And it's like, oh, it's, it feels nice and it feels refreshing and it's, it's stimulating and it's, oh, what is this, right? And I think when we go into the river of God, it's the same thing. There are direct benefits, like it cleanses us. It really takes any of that dirty griminess that tries to shame us or make us feel like we're blamed, we should be blamed for something, and it, it cleanses us and, and um, sets us free of, of stuff. But it also, you know, the river of God is a place for us to have wonder with God. It's like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm interacting with the living God. I can feel the power and the life force of God actually interacting and coming into my heart and surrounding my mind. And, and there's a tangible experience um, that God wants us to enjoy. Does that make sense? And so there is a water flow when it comes to the power of God. But the first thing I want to talk about is, is the strength factor. Everyone say strength. And uh, we look at this analogy of water in, in the book of Exodus. <clears throat> and we look at Exodus chapter 17. Uh, there's the whole, if you're making notes, the, the part of Scripture, I'm not going to read all of it, but the section of Scripture is chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. And that particular part of Scripture is when Israel, the people of God at the time, were really thirsty. They're in the wilderness. They are, they are parched. They are hanging out for some, something to replenish their thirst. Um, and so Moses um, really you know, cries out to God and asks for an answer because they're, they're in the wilderness and, uh, you know, they're desperate to have their thirst quenched. And God actually supplies water for them uh, from a rock. So I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 17, verses 5 to 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile, again, a body of water that God did miracles through, and go. Verse 6, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. 
And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And so in this uh, actual historical story uh, that Moses struck the rock with the staff, the same staff that God was doing miracles with, and out of this rock came actual water for the people to quench their thirst. I mean, who thinks that that's a miracle? It absolutely is a miracle. But we want to talk about how this story gives us insight into the fact that you and I can access the living waters of God. This is an Old Testament example, but we're going to see how there's a linkage to New Testament in a second. In Psalm 78, um, it says, the psalmist describes the water gushing from the rock. So it's referring back to the story in, um, in Exodus. The psalmist describes that the water that came out of this rock was gushing. It was flowing. Everyone say flowing. And in Psalm 78, verse 15 and 16, it goes on and says, He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them abundant drink like the ocean depths. Verse 16, He brought forth streams also from the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Everyone say strength. There's something about... Uh, when again, when we look at, at Moses and he he had to you know hit that rock, there had to be some point of of, of desperation. Come on, church! There had to be some point of of actually wanting to to kind of say, "Look, I'm really really thirsty here." In order for God to actually bring the miracle, in order for God to, for, to, to release the gushing, and it wasn't just a little trickle, it was an access. It was a resource of water. It was to replenish the whole people of God. It was to actually be a provision to actually quench the thirst of a group of people, of a community of people, just like you and I sitting here today, but much larger. And there was something that had to happen, and that was that something had to be done in terms of the response of the leader or the response of the person. Kind of like what we're talking about with the the, the lady with the issue of blood, reaching out in order for the flow to come in. You know, there had to be a striking of this rock. And I'm hearing God say this to you today, that it's your desperation that sometimes is going to strike the atmosphere. It's going to strike when you pray, when you cry out to God. And in your dryness and your brittleness, but if you allow the desperation on the inside of you to strike the atmosphere, that God will respond because he's waiting for your invitation. And God says it's time to step out and to strike the atmosphere of your life where it's dry with words of desperation to cry out to him, to shout out to him and say, God, pour into my life. I'm desperate. I'm thirsty. Because it said that there wasn't just a trickle. But sometimes, in that moment of desperation, we get locked in that desperation, but we don't cry out. Now, there's a, a New Testament linkage here. We looked at Exodus, striking of the rock. But then in the New Testament, <clears throat> Paul sinks the Old Testament Uh, with the New Testament and actually says that the rock that Moses uh, striked in order for the living water of God to come was an Old Testament symbolism and analogy and prophetic understanding for what the body of Jesus was going to be impacted by on the cross. Because who knows that the New Testament says that Jesus is our rock of salvation. 
and that the living waters of God would come from Jesus and the, what actually happened to his body on the cross of Calvary, that his body was struck, that it was bruised, that it was broken, that it was speared. So that after he died, after his body was broken and his blood was shed, that we could access the living water of God freely. Everyone say freedom. In John 19 verse 34, the rock in the wilderness is a type or shadow of Jesus being struck on the cross, bringing forth the water of life. In John 4:14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The word used to describe the rock split in the wilderness and the word used to describe Jesus split on the cross is the same word. Is anyone catching this? The word is nakar, used to tell us what the rock did. Catch this now. The rock that was split in the wilderness with Moses, the word rock is the same word to describe Jesus being the rock of salvation who was struck on the cross for the living water of God to come and pour out to our life so we could freely live in victory. And yet the same word is also the same word to describe the rock that David used to take down Goliath. What it's saying here is that in the river of God, see when Moses struck the rock and the water was to give the people strength. Obviously Jesus' body was struck on the cross to give us freedom. What did David use the rock for to take down Goliath? To give him victory and the people of God victory. See, in the river, it's not just a feel-good adventure, right? There is some amazing things in the streams of the river of God. There is strength, church. Everyone say strength. Come on. There is freedom. Everyone say freedom. There is victory. Everyone say victory. The same word to describe the rock that Moses struck, the rock of salvation, Jesus, describing him as the rock of salvation on the cross that was struck. And the rock that Goliath used, sorry, that David used to take down Goliath is the same word. The reason David went out to fight was because the giant called out, choose a man to fight me if he wins will be your servants, and if I win, you'll be my servants. So let's go into David here and using the rock to tie some things in. So David kills the enemy by striking him in the head with a stone. Everyone put your seatbelt on. Ready? Just put your seatbelt on. We're just going to go through a couple things here. We ready? All right. Who here is writing some notes? Okay, who here is recording the message? Who here is just sitting back ready to be hit with the word of God? Okay, all right, here we go. So on Calvary, the fiercest giant of them all, Satan, said, choose a man to fight me. Our freedom, liberty, life, happiness, eternity was in the balance on the beams of the cross. At the cross was a reply of the same reply that David had with the giant, that the son of David and the giant, that the son of David being Jesus was the rock that took down the giant called Satan because the rock was flung into the headspace of Satan and gave us victory. Come on now. Our rock Jesus hit the biggest giant right between the eyes and gave us victory, authority, power, inheritance, freedom, and strength. 
When Moses struck the rock, the river flowed. When David flung the rock, the enemy was defeated. When Christ struck the rock, the river of life flowed and the enemy was ultimately defeated forever. My question to you is, if you're feeling dry, church, are you going in the river? Are you hanging out in the river? Are you spending time in the river? Or you sit in the corner going, I don't feel on fire enough, so I'm not worthy to be in the river. I don't feel like getting up and crying out to God not because I'm just not on fire enough. And yet the woman who had the issue of blood, she was the most desperate, shamed person who said, you can't go in the temple of God because you are like a leper. How dare you? You don't have any right to access the power of God or presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Get out of here. Does the devil sometimes taunt you like that because you don't feel you're worthy because you're not absolutely on fire like Stephen Furtick? (laughs) Do you know Stephen Furtick probably has some down days in the valley? He just doesn't put it on social media. Come on! Right? When was the last time you accessed the river? When was the last time you invited God into your life in a new way, in a fresh way? When was the last time in desperation you opened up your life? And so we've got to understand that we can access these things. I want to ask music team to come. Accessing things. Everyone say this, take me back to the river. Let's focus on God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Pour out. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are releasing a river Streams of living water here today. I thank you, Lord, that in that river, we can access strength, we can access victory, we can access freedom. We can access healing. Jesus. Jesus. We call on your name, Lord. You are the rock of salvation. Jesus. We call on your name, God. Jesus. Beautiful God. We're calling out to you. Jesus.
We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We acknowledge you, God. We acknowledge you as the rock of salvation. We acknowledge that out from that rock flows living water. Living water that will quench our thirst, God. Living water that will wash us clean. Living water that will renew us, restore us, replenish us, refuel us. And as I just prayed that, I heard God respond with a question. He said this, Who among you today are thirsty? Who among you today are thirsty? For those that are thirsty, I say come. I'm just going to ask Sarah, I know I haven't asked you to do this, so this is spontaneous, but you'll go with it. I just feel to ask you just to sing. Okay. <laughs> just to sing over the congregation. All right. Just for a little while. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's just focus on God. Holy Spirit, come. We're hungry for your flow. Oh, God, pour over us. Pour over us. Today, right now, we need your love. We need your love, Lord. Would you strengthen us? Set us a fire, God. We surrender. 
hold to our God. Oh, you can have it, oh Lord, have your way. Wash over me, wash over me, wash over me, Lord. Holy Spirit, we reach out with desperation this morning. Come on, like Pastor Brad was speaking about. Come on, come open. Open this morning. Open your heart. Open your hands. Reach out to the Lord. Come desperate for Him. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, have your way, Lord. Come on, this altar is open this morning if you want to come. If you want to come with desperation, come to worship, come to surrender, come to give your all. Wash over me, God. Jesus, Jesus. Just reach out. Reach out. There's more. God says, come thirsty. Open up your life right now. I'm pouring in. Come thirsty. Doesn't matter how dry you are. Come thirsty. Pour in, Lord. Pour in, God. Pour in, Jesus. Pour in, God. Hey, you know what? As, uh, as we're just here in the river of God, hear God saying this. We're about to finish with one song, and it's going to be about the chains one, the first song that we sang this morning. But I'm hearing God say this. He's saying, for some of us, we're in the river. We're waiting for, like, the tsunami, and we're wondering why it's not coming. Where's the tsunami? of the spirit how come like I'm not being absolutely bowled over hear God say this sometimes the way God moves in the river he's unraveling the things that the enemy has tried to put on and I hear God say this the enemy usually is a deceiver he doesn't hit you like a tsunami because then it's obvious he will just very subtly start to wind his little plan or scheme around your head, around your heart. It's very subtle. And God says this, sometimes when we come into the river, God is very delicately washing us and unraveling all of the things that the enemy has tried to deposit. I'm hearing God say this, if you're not feeling a tsunami, it's okay. God is moving. You hearing what I'm saying? Right? Sometimes we can put God in a box. If you're not feeling 
whether I'm feeling at the Toronto blessing, I'm hearing God say, that's okay. Today's a new day. Allow me to move. Lord, right now we shut off every distraction. We put aside every mindset. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is here. Your anointing is here. And God, Lord, where your presence is, and as we go deeper into presence, Lord, the enemy cannot follow after us. Lord, the enemy has to flee. And so, Father, as we submit to you, Lord, the enemy is fleeing, and we thank you, Father, for freedom, for strength, for victory. I'm hearing God say this. Today, I'm releasing a new deposit within you to build a new habit and a lifestyle of worship. God's saying, I'm releasing upon this church a new lifestyle of worship, a new lifestyle of coming into the river. And I hear God saying, it's not on a Sunday, but God's saying, I'm going to release streams of living water in your homes. I'm going to release streams of living water in your lounge rooms. I'm going to release streams of living water in your communities. I'm going to release release the streams of living water out of you and into other people. God says, I'm depositing something within you today, not just for you, but for other people, for your families, for your communities. So God says, let's drink and drink well. Amen.